You are listening to episode 93 with our YP Summit friends. This episode is brought to you by Rogue Water Labs. Hi, this is Tom Kunitz, past president of the Water Environment Federation. And you want to bet you're listening to the podcast that is demonstrating the value of communication in the water sector. It's water in real life with my friends, the H2 duo, Stephanie Corso and Ariane Shipley. We are proud to announce our new nonprofit venture, Rogue Water Lab. A tribe, an experience, a calling, a hub where you can learn, connect, and grow. The lab is cultivating the next generation of innovators in water communication and education. Why? Because progress is a human story. And those who tell the stories rule the world. So the question now belongs to you. Are you ready to join the revolution? I mean, I know we always say that we're super excited about every episode, but we're exceptionally excited about this one because this is our first ever like bulk podcast interview. <laughs> um, what, 13 guests? 13 yeah. people on the line? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I know that this one was a fun one for our editor. Love you, Andre. Shout out, Matt Black Sound. Um, yeah, but it was great. We did a poll and had we asked people who would be interested that attended the YP Summit to do a little recap episode with us. And we had several people volunteer, so it was really excited to do this. Um, I love that we kicked off with a round robin of our question that we ask everyone about, did you choose water? Did water choose you? Those are always fun stories for us to hear. Um, but it was great. We talked about purpose and because that's how they kicked off the YP Summit. So it was really interesting to hear how that was beneficial and impactful to the people that got to be a part of the summit. We talked about some things that maybe they wanted to work on since the summit. Um, we realized that their questions or their notes from the summit were in quarantine um, <laughs> and not with them, which was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not just us. It's some of the you don't think notes. about these things when you're leaving the office and you don't know when you're going to go back. Um, but yeah, it was really surreal that just it was basically a month ago that we were all together in a room, 250 of us. And now we're all separate and at home in quarantine because of the coronavirus, COVID-19. But the good thing is, is that it was almost like uh, Tom and Aaron knew. Shared. Yeah, it was almost like they knew because they talked a lot about stress and stress response and so it was really interesting hearing how that whole experience has been really useful for all of them and kind of handling all of the different levels of stress that are happening across all areas of life right now because of uh, what's going on with the pandemic so that was pretty interesting and we got to talk about one of my favorite things and that's knowledge sharing not knowledge hoarding and so they um, each broke down different ways that they shared what they learned from at the um, summit with their colleagues. And we talked about storytelling for a bit. And while uh, none of them personally have been brave enough to put the story model into work, uh, we had Stephen Drinkshaw give us a rundown of one of the examples of how he's been using it and the work that he's been doing in with clients. Um, so at the YP Summit, we talked about Donald Miller's story model from his book, Building the Story Brand, which I highly recommend to everybody to read because it really takes this idea of story that resonates with us in like music, film, et cetera, and shows you how to use that in everyday real life business settings for your organization. And um, it takes practice. And so for any of you that were at the summit who 
were like, that sounds cool, but I don't really know yet how that applies. Like, please reach out and we'd be happy to walk through it with you, especially reach out to Steven because he uses it in his real life engineer work all the time too. Um, but it's definitely a great way to communicate and humanizes our messaging. So really exciting had a great uh had a great lightning round be sure to check out uh the show notes at the h2duo.com forward slash water in real life so that you can see all of the peeps who were on the call with us because it was a great one so without further ado let's get to the show Okay, you guys, we are so excited for this episode. This is a first for all of us, I think. Yes. We are on um, probably not breaking any world records with number of people on the podcast right now, but definitely, it like yeah, it definitely feels like it. And we definitely feel like we are breaking, uh, well, we're for sure breaking a one in real life podcast. So we are here doing a YP Summit recap with some of the folks that were at the summit as well as uh our fellow co-conspirators in planning it. Mm. We've got Christy Steiner, who was a part of planning it. We've got Tom Kunins, who was one of the facilitators, as well as Aaron Mosley, Stephen Drangschult, who I threw a hummel at and performed a skit with. And of course, Ariane Shipley, my partner in crime. But first of all, let's have all our YP reps in the house say, what's up? What's up, guys? Hey, hey what's, what's up? up? Hey. <laughs> And we'll be uh, we'll be letting everyone. You'll find out who everyone is in just a second when we do our favorite question that we love to open with. But thanks, so guys. Thanks so much, guys, for and gals for taking the time to uh, spend with us in this crazy new normal situation that we have. We'd all be long distance anyways, but uh, it feels a little different when we don't have a choice. So <laughs> here we are. And uh, thanks for thanks for taking time out to chat with us. So. Ariane, you want to kick off with our first question? I do. Um, we're just going to go down the line or yeah, you can call on people um, however you want. Okay. Oh boy. Um, let's start with, well, why didn't you ask the question? Well, I want to get, okay. Oh, you're going to ask them each. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ed. Hey. Did, <laughs> did you choose water or did water choose you? Uh, I chose water. I was actually in the solid waste industry for a long time before entering the water environment and I've had some family uh, in the industry for a long time. Uh, when I went to school, I was just in kind of a civil engineering degree, but without any real focus. And we had a general environmental class that I really enjoyed. And I started focusing in really on industrial hazardous waste mitigation and mm. really enjoyed it. So after um, a few years, like I said, in the solid waste industry, opportunity presented itself to switch, and I was pretty advanced in that industry already, but I knew I wanted to be in the water environment, so I started over, and nice. luckily I um, was still a YP, uh, quickly aging out of it now, <laughs> but I got to participate, so it was great. Awesome. Feel you. You're like... You're like one of the first that says you chose water. I love it. Yeah. Oh wait. Hey, hey Ed, tell us your tell us your name and your oh. title and the organization that you're with. All right. Uh, I'm Edward Jenkin, an associate civil engineer with the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago. Oh, so awesome. you're uh, well used to be office mates with Tom then, huh? Uh, Tom Kunin. Yeah, he's a little, kind of. little bit further up the chain than I am, but. 
<laughs> okay. Same place. Still counts. That's funny. Okay, um, going down the line, I have um, Saparna. Tell us your name, your title, who, who you're with, and, and then did water choose you or did you choose water? Hi, I'm Saparna. I'm with CDM Smith in their Dallas office, a process mechanical engineer. Um, and yes, I also chose water because uh, I was bored of manufacturing tires at a company uh, for very long. And I was like, I'm done with this. And I want to create an impact. And like Tom said, go shake the world. So I was like, okay, I'm going <laughs> nice. to do something that creates an impact. So yes, I also chose water and it's been great. <laughs> awesome. Do you want to go now, Stephanie? Oh, uh, sure. How about I'm going to go with Stephanie. Stephanie to Stephanie, did you choose water or did water choose you? Okay, well, so there's a lot of construction going outside right now. So let me know if you can hear it. You're okay. good. Um, no, you're good. <laughs> so for me, um, I'm Stephanie Hubley. I work at Woodard and Curran. I'm an engineer in the Los Angeles office. And I guess for me, it was kind of a mix. So you could say that we chose each other. So my AP environmental science class in high school got me really into the environment. And so I was like, oh, let me let me study environmental engineering and see what that what that's like. I didn't really know what it was like at the time. Um, but, you know, I learned more about that and the different paths you can pursue. And my first job, full time job out of college kind of just landed me in water. And I haven't really looked back since. Nice. I love that it was mutual. That's that's always uh, that's that's important. I love that. <laughs> All right, let's go with Tom, Tom Woodcock. What's up with you? You choose water, did water choose you? Hey guys, uh, my name is Tom Woodcock. I'm uh, a, con a controls and instrumentation engineer in London, Ontario with RB Anderson Associates. And it was a little bit of both. Uh, water, I would say water chose me though. Uh, I started my career in the water industry uh, in high school as a water meter reader with my dad's company. And then I moved into working in the pipe yard uh, with that same company during my university years. Nice. Hey, what about, um, now I'm getting cut lost on my list. Chelsea. <laughs> I know you're probably telling me, oh, your kid's screaming right now privately. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm Chelsea. I'm a media specialist at Central Arkansas Water. I definitely did not choose water. I did not even know there were water careers. So um, I was in journalism and I uh, covered City Hall and I covered the water utility. And um, as most journalists do, I went into PR and um, turns out they needed someone in their communications department. So it just happened like that. A lot of my uh, communications friends, when I told them, they were like, oh, you're going to work at a water utility or a water company? That sounds so boring. And for a while, I didn't have anything like a response form. I was like, well, it's really not. Um, so my first week, they took me on a tour and like showed me how everything worked. I, I had covered them for six years and did not know half the things that I learned on like my first that's week awesome. there. Um, so that's, that's how it awesome. went. And I think, are we last but not least with the YP group, uh, Valletta? Hey all, this is Valletta from Houston. I work with AECOM as a project engineer. Um, so water did not choose me. I grew up with a lot of scarcity of water. So it's a very one-sided relationship. Um, or it was. Uh, 
but eventually through a series of internships and uh, uh, coursework, I chose water. And I think I'm glad to say now that it is finally mutual. And uh, I've been happily working in the water industry for about six years now. Awesome. Well, Christy was one of our planners and she has not been on the podcast before. So I also want to know if you chose water or did water choose you, Christy? Um, so I'm Christy. I am <laughs> now an associate <laughs> project manager for Jacobs. Um, oh my God. And I chose engineering, but water kind of chose me. I landed in a master's program at Virginia Tech that was focused on asset management for water. And I actually fell in love with the people of water before I fell in love with water itself. Um, and so Aww. they really shaped who I was and what I got interested in. And then I kind of developed a passion for water when I realized what a huge impact we can make as engineers and project managers in this industry. Wow, nice. well, I'll add that um, you're like one of the biggest advocates for YPs. So that's pretty cool that I feel like you're kind of giving back in that way. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So before, okay. before you meet yourself, Christy, I wanted to ask before we dive into these questions as being one of the, um, the main people in the planning and, and kind of bringing together this group of misfits that you did to put huh. on this uh, <laughs> summit. <laughs> rogue misfits uh that I just I adore uh can you kind of give us an idea of like what was your what was your thought behind I was so excited to see communication be the topic but what what was the thought process behind doing something that was just a little rogue and a little different for the YP summit this year I've been to a lot of YP summits now <laughs> and um part of me just I I'm a big fan of change I thrive and love it and I think that's something that a lot of traditional engineers struggle with. And when you like really drill down in there, like communication is what makes change possible. And so through talking to Steven and you guys and um, a lot of our PNCWA YPs, I realized that coming up, one of the biggest things the YPs were struggling with is how to communicate their ideas and their needs and their passions and like have that reciprocal relationship with their employer. And so, Aaron was also a big part of this and um, a presentation Tom gave at Water Leadership Institute. And so when all those things started to come together in my brain, I was like, oh my God, I'm really not that great of a communicator, but I sure wish I was like all of these other people. And I bet a lot of other YPs feel the same way. And so that really, and Megan Live, Live Act just was a huge supporter of it. So we, we went for it. Nice. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, before I jump into the first, I guess, technically second question, um, since Aaron, Tom and Steven are on here to, um, you know, to add in as they feel as they feel fit. But before we get into the lightning round, I'm going to give you guys some time to think about it. Um, I want each of you to be thinking about what your favorite takeaway as a facilitator was going through this experience. Mm. Um, and what has, uh, I mean, even in our interview with you, Aaron, some of the things that you shared with us gave us goosebumps. So so please, Stephen, Aaron, Tom, if you'll be thinking about right before we get into the lightning round, we'll be asking you guys what your favorite takeaway was as a facilitator. So this question to all the YPs in the house. So we loved, especially I did, because I am a huge nerd about purpose and mission and values and all of that. So we absolutely loved that we got to kick off our time together at the summit talking about purpose. 
-hmm. And I don't think that you necessarily find your purpose. I think that it's always there, but I, I think that it's a game changer when you begin to acknowledge it and commit to living it out every single day. So talk to us about what it was like putting your purpose to paper because you guys all quite literally wrote them down. Talk to us about that. And did it have any sort of lingering effect for you once you went back to work on Monday? So this is when you guys can just like raise your hand and I'll call on you one at one, whoever wants yep. to share. Somebody will find out. <laughs> okay, yeah, Tom. Tom. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I think uh, you need to put your purpose down on, on paper. You know, it took me a while to think about like, there's obviously like the, the literal what I do. Um, but then more when I came back uh, to work, the, the effect it had on me, uh, it made me think a lot more about my actions and their effect on others. So, so how do the things that I do day in, day out affect my staff, affect my clients, affect my company, affect the community around me? Um, so it was more the outward effect of, of, of my purpose was what, was what I came away with. That's awesome. Nice. Stephanie? So I would agree with that. Putting my purpose down on paper kind of helped me reaffirm that our profession has such a real world impact. And I think a lot of professions, if somebody asks you, you know, why you do what you do or what you do does to impact the community, it's hard to answer that question. And for us, it's so it's so easy because you know, without the services that we provide, the world would be obviously a much dirtier and less productive place if, if people didn't have clean water or waste management services. So it just reaffirmed to me that we are essential. And it's, I mean, it's nice to feel important and impactful. Nice. Did any of you like get the sense of kind of being almost a little bit re-energized by, I mean, sometimes we do something all the time, so we forget mm -hmm. To your point, Stephanie, how important it is what we do. Did it? Did any of you kind of feel like a an oomph or a boost from having put that out there and said, "Oh yeah, that's why I did." Okay, Ed. Oh yeah, um, I think especially at I feel like we're a, we are one of the largest utilities that I work at, uh, so we're spread out and you can really get focused in on the details of a project and lose sight of why you're doing some of the things you do sure. and it really puts things into perspective when you put down your purpose and you can see not just that you have to get something done but why it's being done and you're we are all working to protect the water environment and to protect the people and that's really important when you're sometimes feeling like you're drowning in paperwork <laughs> awesome you know? yeah, yeah for sure chelsea it's interesting visiting that topic right now with the COVID-19 pandemic because um, as Ed was saying you can get caught up in the day-to-day -day and all of our work routine and work environments changing and so um, I'm working from home which is not atypical for a comms person but I don't usually do it and so um, got all these distractions and worried you know that all these tasks aren't getting done but if you go back to the purpose statement my purpose in communications at a water utility is to make sure people um, know our story and know that the water is safe, which is really important right now. Um, so revisiting that in a stressful time, like right now has been helpful. 
And might I add your um, campaign that I've seen all over social media is the bomb. Okay. So if you guys haven't looked that up, go look up Central Arkansas's water campaigns. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Great job. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Were you going to add to that, Saparna? I thought I saw you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you talked about, um, do you feel re-energized? I mean, I was smiling year to year. I was jumping, dancing. This is what good conferences do. Yes. So I was, I was really pumped up and um, it, it was amazing. And I know my purpose statement, I think I've like added more stuff to it. It was really skinny <laughs> the day of the conference, but then now it has beefed up and I've added things like I'm going to take initiative um, be the driver of some, you know, decisions because, you know, sometimes we see people talk in loops and uh, it, it's been amazing. I'm trying to stick to it. I have put it out um, with some thumbtacks on my desk and now in my work home setting, I don't have it, but I know <laughs> what it is in the back of my head. So um, trying to stick to it and it's, it's been great. So I, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Saparna, what you said there is so important, though, that our purpose statement isn't just, you know, etched in granite and can never change. Um, it can always be adapted. It can always be changed and enhanced in so many ways. And so I love that you even identified, hey, this, this might have been a bit skinny when I first wrote it, but I didn't give up and I spent more time and, and, and stuck with it. And uh, I love the idea of using a post-it note because, you know, a post-it note can be can be tossed in the trash and a new one can be written anytime. Yeah. So I love that. Anyone else want to add anything before we go on All to right. the next question? Oh, Steph, I can't hear you. Oh, I don't know why I am not muted. Can you hear me now? Oh my God. <laughs> go on to the next question. Do you want me to go to the third question? Okay. Okay. So are you, wait, are you back on? Yes. Okay, yes. good. Okay, yes. good, good, good. Okay, so we're going to go to the next question. Um, so obviously, it's been a month since the summit. And when you look back through your notes, I want to know one thing that you said, oh, I've been doing that. And what's something that you said, I forgot about that. I want to work on that. Anyone want to go first? <laughs> I'm gonna start calling on you in a minute. <laughs> okay. And you go first. All right. Um, well, I haven't had a chance to go back through my notes because they're also quarantined in my office. Ah, yes. So I don't know what I've forgotten to do. Okay. But I do know that one of the things I wanted to do um, was. I'm involved with our local, uh, or not local, but state association, and I'm the current YP chair there, and I wanted to get us more active. We've had a lot of turnover in this position the last couple of years, and we kind of been really inactive for the most part other than our annual conference, so it's been a little bit of a struggle now that kind of sure. plans have gone out the window, but we were moving along, and now we're actually looking for ways to do something like this a virtual happy hour mm -hmm. or we're actually just now starting to plan a virtual career fair awesome because some of the things i'm hearing from students especially uh graduates for this year is that they're concerned about the job market obviously with people 
being laid off. A lot of places are canceling internships. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to contact the people that were going to participate in our annual conference to see if what their status is and then disseminate that to our members. Sure. Yeah. Nice. That's great. Yeah. I forgot. Like we literally went from UMC to kind of like quarantine immediately. I feel like so (laughs) basically. Um, so yeah, I mean, just anything that you think, oh, I've been doing that, or I forgot I need to work on that. Even if it's personal now, yep. Go for it, Tom. Uh, so, so one thing I have been doing, uh, is listening to other people and giving them space to speak when they have different opinions, especially, Mm, especially with the COVID-19 thing going on. Because obviously there's, you know, people have a lot of different opinions about what we should be doing. I have my own opinion. Uh, people at my workplace have a different opinion. The company does, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So just trying to give people space to talk about it, especially when I'm talking to my family and friends. And people are all different ages, and I feel like it's a it's a big age thing too, right? Somebody that's, oh, yeah. that's 65 plus is going to have a different take on it than somebody that's 30, right? So yeah, um, that's something I've been trying to do a lot more of. Uh, one thing I've forgotten to do is is take small breaks during the day like Karen told me to. <laughs> and getting the small wins. I haven't even gotten my small wins. So yeah. I've been we've been pretty busy trying to get everybody working remotely in my company. So sure. Yeah. Nice. Valetta, you had something to add? Uh, yeah. So um with all of the work from home and teleconferencing, I um I am not used to it. This is the first time I'm having to do it. Um, not to say that I'm not enjoying it. I'm, I'm quite surprised with how productive I am. Um, that being said, uh, one thing that uh, I am doing and that I was doing is uh, I'm a good writer of emails, turns out. So I'm mindful of tone and uh, some of the notes that I have. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I do that. And I'm still continuing to do that. So I was glad that the summit reinforced some of the good things to adapt. Writing an email. Um, uh, something that I did not do is, um, and which was, uh, which was quite an eye opener is uh, that uh, I guess writing about purpose was one thing, but coming back to it, um, what uh, in my notes, I wrote uh, reason why we get frustrated sometimes if is if we are not in alignment with our purpose. And uh, revisiting some mm. of these notes is just a reminder of, okay, if you attend a conference, maybe revisit the notes sometimes. And uh, I think it's just a good reminder to get back in alignment with your purpose. I love that. I had a follow-up question you too, because I love that you talked about email since we are so relying. Yeah. She's hired. You can do all my emails. Yeah. So me and Ariane have a joke where Ariane has to write an email and, and then go back and, and she calls it flower it up, but just make it more human. So what are some of the tips that you wrote down about writing a better email in your notes? (laughs) Yeah, I go straight into business. No flowering. No. Oh, how are you doing? Yeah, I should probably ask how they're doing, you know. Yeah. Um, So I I try to get into the mindset of the receiver. Mm. Uh, If they haven't, like my email is not going to be the top of their mind they will leave the office they will forget about it and stuff like that so sometimes I also be I'm mindful of the timing that I sent so it's like a subtle reminder let it be the first thing in their inbox um, as far as some of the tips that I'd written 
is remember who you're writing to. So audience in mind. Yeah. Start, <laughs> start emails with the description of the task that you want, uh, but write it effectively. Um, be mindful of tone. And uh, for you, Ariane, proofread. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Nice. I love it. Anyone else have anything they want to add about something that they put into place that they're rocking or like, oh, I want to start doing that. Christy. Christy. So an interesting thing I've, I've been doing is um, when Aaron and Tom did their bit on like what your face does. Oh yeah. Um, and like, yeah. The, <laughs> oh my God. Right now. I am the worst <laughs> with the, I don't know. RBF, like oh. when I'm thinking, you know, like all of the muscles in my face, I think this is why I have these huge jaw muscles. Cause I'm like making these Thank horrible you. faces and I'm like, okay, stop, relax. And then it actually helps me think a little better once I've like, I think I'm wasting energy scrunching my face <laughs> or something. <laughs> Well, I love that Aaron gave it such a nice name. I think you mm -hmm. called it your thinking face. Was that what you yeah, called it instead of the too. RBF? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to call them RBF. That is true. Sometimes <laughs> they right, may be bees too, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Happy hours not started yet. Woo! <laughs> nice. Yeah, and that reminds me of the understanding of emotions part of it that Tom uh, spoke about the thought process which results in it and the physical manifestation part of it and I, I absolutely enjoyed how you know like it was like a self-discovery self-realization type of thing you know like it happens unknowingly involuntarily but when you get to when you can differentiate it you can understand you know like uh, how to read others' emotions or how to control your own. So yeah, that yeah. was really cool. So, yeah. yeah, glad you brought that one up. That was a that was a fan fave of ours too. <laughs> um, to Ariane's point, though, it it feels it's a combination between it feels like YP Summit was forever ago, but yet it also feels like it was just yesterday. I mean, it's only been about a month ago, give or take a few days, but yet it feels like we're living in this parallel universe right now with everything that we're adjusting to this new normal brought on by. COVID-19. So we're all a little stressed in our own ways, but hey, we learned about stress at the summit. So yeah. how, I don't know, you guys kind of saw that coming down. So thank you for teaching us about yeah. that. So what's something that each of you learned at the summit that you have either used during this stressful time or will use when you need it? Or, or what's something that you've learned about your own stress response during this situation? Chelsea? I don't know if this fully answers your question, but I thought it was interesting in the, uh, is it fish bird beast game? I would usually like clam up. And so, and I couldn't think back, oh, when was a time I was stressful? Is that how I responded? Well, I've been super stressed lately and been, had like 14 days of working without a day off. And there was a lot of calms involved in the COVID stuff. And I noticed that I did just the opposite. I just stepped in and I just went to work mm -hmm. um, and didn't really think about it. I didn't clam up. So that was interesting to me that in the game, like on the spot I did, and maybe it was because this kind of stress wasn't right in your face. Hey, answer right now. It was just genuinely stressed over a long period of time. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, Tom, if you have any like, 
know why that is or if that is because of the difference in the types of stress? The difference in the types of stress, but it also has to do with mm -hmm. competency. And so Chelsea's dealing with a stress now that she's very competent in. And so some of those uh, responses kick in immediately and kind of subconsciously for her, de dealing with the things where she's an expert in. Uh, a bit beast bird fish game, she's not an expert. And so her stress response on that is going to be the, uh, 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 uh. Yeah, her muscle memory's kind of taken and, over. And, yeah. Yeah. She's also no longer the queen of uh, rock, wow. paper, scissors, just to get that out that. there. So wow. I thought that was going to be a secret, and I don't like that you just broadcast it to the world. <laughs> but when we're out of this, I'm going to take my championship back. <laughs> hey, it, it was said here. That means it's fact. It's going to happen. <laughs> Anyone else? Uh, that was Stephanie. Um, so thanks to Tom and Aaron, I kind of learned that stress reactions are those physical manifestations that are short-lived, but it's the thoughts that stay with us in our heads and impact our, you know, our everyday life. And so um, the stress is, is really based on the fears and, and anxieties of uncertain situations that you feel. And sometimes you need to play out those fears in your head in order to be able to overcome them and think about, you know, what are the consequences if the worst case scenario I'm thinking actually came true? And then more often than not, you realize, okay, like that's bad, but I can handle this and I can, I can get past this. Yeah, for sure. And that's been really helpful with communicating with my family and friends about this, you know, pandemic as well because they're having difficulty and I think I'm able to help them more because of that training. So thank you, Tom and Aaron. Yeah, I love that you talk about the value that it brought to your personal life and not just your professional life. And that's one of the things that I thought was really special about this summit is that so much of it was transferable between the two. So your example of what you shared could be in either case. You know, I love how Chelsea gave a professional example and then Stephanie talked about it from a from a personal, um, from a personal perspective, anyone else want to talk about how they're handling stress these these days, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, I mean, one thing that I always uh, love that Aaron talks about is about being yourself. And I would say, in the last three weeks, um, I have not worn a pair of pants that didn't have an elastic band, <laughs> and so I feel so much more myself um, wearing wearing sweatpants or workout pants or shorts or, or whatever. Amen to that. I'm just glad you are wearing pants. Yes, always, <laughs> always wearing pants. Um, but I, I, I just think that um, during this time, one of the interesting things has been that we're, we're effectively having phone calls with everyone we know in our living rooms and in our homes and what a personal experience that is actually. And what a, um, it's kind of a gift in a lot of ways. And there are always dogs barking and kids yelling and all sorts of things like that going on. Um, and no one is worried about it anymore. No. It's, it's it like the, all of those pleasantries and like formalities sort of went out the window as soon as we all had to be on phone calls in our homes. Um, and that's such a gift that I hope even after this that we take forward and give each other so much more grace in this area um, and not, not put up such a, such a front about the people we we portray maybe at work who aren't the people we really are at home. So. For sure. Tom, you wanted to add to that? Or not add to that, but just tell us your experience? 
Yeah. Yeah. So a couple things. Uh, I've been learning to do better at stepping back from the stressful situation, try to see the whole picture, especially, you know, uh, with the COVID-19 thing, like understanding, you know, this is a kind of a blip in time. We are going to get through this together. Uh, and then also putting myself in the other person's position to understand what stresses they have. Um, you know, and we're, and we're talking about working remotely and being in each other's uh, living rooms, like understanding what my coworkers have going on at home or, or my, the staff that are, that are working with me, you know, what, what they're dealing with at home, working remotely and, and what I'm trying to get, the, you know, get out of them and get them, get them to, to, to produce and stuff on, on projects uh, to kind of just back off and be a little, little patient with things right yeah um about stress responses one of the i had to go shopping this weekend for groceries and that was very very stressful <laughs> like trying to keep two meters from everybody and and half the people were doing it and half the people just didn't even care and we're just right up in your space kind of right so that was a pretty stressful situation like i could i could notice my heartbeat quick and my anxiety, anxiety level start to go and then just going back and understanding, okay, this is just a stress response. You're going to get through this kind of, right? Like being in that moment and understanding what that moment was. I'll give you two pieces so. of advice for grocery shopping. You either hire Arianne because I have a really long arm span. Um, so you have to stay arms distance away or get a broom that you think is about six feet and be like, <laughs> get out of here. Okay. <laughs> Or a, or a or hockey a stick. Hockey stick. Just have one coming out of every angle. That Tom, I also love that Tom said two meters instead yeah. of six feet, like which is written on every single thing except you know being yeah. Canadian, he would yeah. never say six feet. Yeah. So yeah, it's two meters with six feet in like brackets underneath it up here. So. <laughs> My fiance's idea was put a a tape measure on your belt loop, you know, like they used ah, to brrr. beepers and just. In my I, love <laughs> I love that. That's great. Nice. Love I was it. thinking of using one of those bubble soccer bubbles. You know, I've seen people, pictures of people walking down the street with those. Or like their Tyrannosaurus Rex costumes or their unicorn costumes. Yeah. Whatever works, I guess. You got to be creative. <laughs> okay. So we're going to hop on to the next question unless anyone has, everyone feel like they're good. Okay. Okay, so something that I'm really passionate about is um, not being a knowledge hoarder with a D. Hoarding. Hoarder. hoarder. Um, so I want to know something that you learned while you were at UMC that you've shared with others, um, maybe in a formal lunch, informal lunch, Zoom lunch, um, maybe some <laughs> kind of happy hour, maybe you shared it with a coworker, maybe you emailed something, shared a presentation. So I want you to think about um, and share with us, you know, what was something you learned and then why you think sharing this knowledge is important. Stephen. I know a lot of them learn to not sit in the front row of Ooh, <laughs> that. Uh, when there was a skit that was going to and be performed. I still have a, a sketch. sketch. When there was a I still sketch. have Hummel in my eye. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. I still have a Hummel in my clothing. <laughs> um, so I was going to share, I'll give a, I'll give a shout out to Emily Almoro who uh, attended the YP summit and she came back to our office. She set up a lunch and learn with the whole office and then did a mini presentation of the out of the full day in oh, one hour. Nice. Um, and so she kind of like broke it into three sections and she talked um, in a number of areas 
uh, about communication. She talked about stressors. She talked about finding purpose. And so the whole office um, basically got together and a YP taught the whole office the topics that amazing. we had talked about. Nice. And I thought it was amazing. And then to watch um, all of these very, very senior people play uh, fish bird beast <laughs> and laugh nice. and have fun and be silly. Uh, it was awesome. So a huge shout out yeah. to Emily for um, being bold enough to do something like that and to not even know, you know, are people going to show up or are they not going to show up? Yeah. And uh, so many people did and so many people got a lot out That's of it cool. and just a small, small taste of what we had that day. Uh, and so she was definitely not a knowledge hoarder uh, in any Tell way. Her I said yeah. thank you. Anyone else? Shout out to Emily. Saparna. Yeah. So I, I also um, wanted to share all the great things that, you know, we learned at the YP summit in our, in our office. And so um, the next big thing was international women's yeah. day. Mm. So I sent out an email to everyone in my office of people who would be interested in knowing about the YP summit that I attended. And it was amazing. You know, like all the ladies plus some men who were really interested came <laughs> nice. up and, um, my client service leader, a big shout out to him. He was gracious enough to order lunch for everyone that day. And then we, I took some ideas from um, the emerging uh, leaders workshop that uh, we had the day before the YP summit, uh, the social styles assessment, a lot of live polling from everybody in the room. Uh, and then also can't stress more about how much everyone loved your slide about it's all about the audience, 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 audience. <laughs> so, so I, I told that and, um, you know, there were some really, you know, uh, senior people in the room and they were like, we, we are really appreciative of, you know, you're learning this at such a young stage in your career and it's really important. So, yeah, that it, was, is it really awesome. went well. Yes. Yes. Kudos to you. Anyone else shared their stuff? It doesn't have to be as formal or just, um, yep. Stephanie. Stephanie. Um, so I'm actually a leader of my company's young professionals group in our Southern California offices. And, um, I've been gradually trying to incorporate some things that we learned. And so for our next meeting, I actually reached out to Erin and she's going to be joining us to talk to, um, all of our young professionals across our California offices about stress management and work-life balance. And it's really gonna be just a focused Q&A for, for them to ask any questions that they have and get recommendations. So um, I think it's important to share knowledge in this way because we're facilitating those connections that otherwise wouldn't happen organically. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you I can confirm great. that Stephanie's not the only one who reached out to me after. So great. some folks aren't awesome. able to be on this call, but for sure, um, there have been follow-ups and questions and stories like the stories you guys are telling. Um, I've a number of different things. So there's a lot of this going on. Great. And I love every single one of them. <laughs> Chelsea, you had your hand up. Yeah, I just wanted to say how encouraging it is and exciting to hear that and to hear that everyone's talking about it because one of my biggest, biggest pet peeves. And unfortunately, I did hear it at the YP Summit, but not by any of you guys, um, <laughs> is that, oh, you guys are our future. Oh, okay, we're also here now. We're here now. We're working now. We're doing great work now. 
Um, and so to go and show that off is very important. And so um, my CEO was fascinated to hear um, about all the great things at the YP Summit this year and last year when I attended. Um, and he's going to try to write an editorial to encourage other utilities because it seems like a lot of times utilities, uh, for whatever various reasons, don't send their young professionals as much as maybe uh, consultants and engineering firms do. Um, so if you guys also have anything, uh, maybe what, what you told your boss or what your boss was excited about that you went, um, I'd be interested in hearing that. But I'm so glad you guys are talking about it because it really irks me when people think we're just little children who don't do anything, but one day we will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Valenda, you wanted to add yeah. something? Uh, yeah. So um it reminded me of um, the editorial. So Texas, uh, I was I actually got a scholarship from uh, the Texas section to attend uh, the YP Summit, which I think is a great platform. So uh, if your company is not sending you, um, you can uh, you can apply to uh, scholarships like these and grants like these. Uh, so I uh, I wrote an editorial for Texas Wet Magazine, and that's uh, that's going to be out. But I. Um, one uh, one really cool thing that I liked is the power of LinkedIn posts, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. uh, I didn't do as much of before. But I noticed uh, the momentum uh, hashtag WaterYP Summit got. Um, so I I use that uh, as well uh, in uh, in sharing about it uh, um, and informally in the office. I um, I shared with a lot of uh, with with other YPs uh, some of the hard hitting topics and. Uh, it was very introspective because I didn't think that people would be uh, like for me, I am a communication nerd. I want to know more, but I've realized that there's a great audience among the younger folk there. So I think, I think, it, yeah, definitely the power of sharing comes through. Hmm. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Christy, go ahead. So the, this is to the point of why it's important to share knowledge mostly. Um, after the YP summit, I was talking to a student at PSU in engineering and they were, you know, enjoying engineering, but had some questions about like, is this really what it's like? And cause they had done an internship recently. And so I started talking about some of the mm. concepts from the summit and communication and stress responses. And she was like, I'm so glad to know that engineers actually talk about this stuff and it's not all just math and science and like GIS and AutoCAD. <laughs> and I was like, yes, there's a whole other world. I promise. Yeah. Like, don't just, don't <laughs> quit because you think it's all, you know, a narrow minded group. I was like, there's so much more and come join our YP group. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chelsea, I love that you bring up the disparity between the utility YPs versus the, the engineer YPs that get to come to different events because you're absolutely right. That is, that is so true. So I didn't know, um, Ed, you're, you kind of come from a utility. Did you have to promise your firstborn in order to come to, to the YP summit or was that process different for you or? There was a lot of going back and forth for the justification to mm -hmm. be allowed to travel so far. Um, yeah. one of the things I think that really convinced them was that since I'm active in our member association and that I'm the current YP chair here, here, um, was maybe one of the deciding factors. So, 
there are a lot of approvals and justifications you have to send up and it goes back and forth for a while but mm -hmm. I think that was probably the tipping point I guess I don't know if that's nice. exactly but well, there's definitely an argument to get more utility folks involved yeah. in their in their member associations and in their sec different sections. And um, yeah, wow. I don't know, Tom Kunin, uh, you working in the utility world, like, do you have any other advice for YPs out there to help them from utilities to help them justify being able to to travel to important things like the summit? so? Uh, yes. It, it is a challenge, as you pointed out. Oftentimes, the tradition has been that the seasoned professionals are the ones that get it. It's like, oh, well, you know, they earned it because uh, they've been around the longest. And so you're going against this, this long-standing tradition, going against this wave uh, to do that. So the, the important thing here, I think, is to making the presentation uh, to justify going about what you are going to bring back to the organization, like those things that we were hearing saying, oh, so I'm going to give a lunchtime talk or I can write the report. Yep. What are you can, can you do for the organization? Yes, you're going to get that personal development. But if you can make that pitch that I promise I'm going to write an article or I'm going to uh, give this lunchtime presentation and bring it back and pass on to the organization, I, helps, I think helps make that pitch. Mm, nice. Good. Lots of great advice in this bit for uh, YPs that are looking to come to the summit in the future, or get more involved in the future. Um, so I'm going to hop to storytelling right quick because uh, I know that that was our bit. And so I wanted to make sure to talk about that a little minute. And I also was I was also thinking, hmm, I wonder if any of this crossed over because I know unless you really put it into action, this is something that can be a bit challenging if you've never done it before or studied it religiously like I have. So have any of you tried to use the story model for, for anything at work or in real life? Has anyone been brave enough? <laughs> you can say no. It's hard. It is hard. Oh, Ed. Ed. Yay. Uh, yeah, I haven't used it personally, but um, <laughs> there is a section that I work next to. Uh, they're big into stormwater. Mm -hmm. And by us, uh, CSOs are a big problem. And the investment to put in stormwater infrastructure is something that we can't take on by ourselves so getting community mm. involvement is really important and i know that was one of the examples you guys kind of harped on was that this is really good to help sell something i don't want to say necessarily sell something to the public because that's kind of like you're trying to trick them but show them why these projects are important and why they their input really matters mm -hmm. for sure yeah. And sorry, well, to get to the point, um, I shared that with the people in storm in the stormwater section, that this nice. could be a way, because I know they've had some issues with reaching out to community members Great. in particular. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, it takes practice, and it's something that, you know, even we who do it all the time have to work on and, and, and to do. And so one of the reasons that you know, Stephen was there with us was that he has really adopted this and this idea of storytelling. And so I really wanted him to be able to be sort of our real life guinea case pig study. example. We'll call it a case, case study. study. Guinea pig sure, sounds case mean. study. Like doing testing. Yeah, yeah no animal testing. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted him to take this opportunity just one more time to kind of talk through really quickly one of his examples of how he's kind of put this in work in his 
technical job. Yeah, I mean, um, my job involves both technical work as well as business development type work. And so um, we are constantly trying to tell a story. Um, whether you whether you see it that way or not, you are telling a story. And sometimes you want that story conveyed clearly and sometimes you uh, want it a little more vague. Uh, but I tend to believe in clarity. And so I, I really like the story model uh, that Donald Miller has created. Um, mm-hmm. we, we used uh, his book, Building a Story Brand, and the framework that he had to explain this. Um, and so, you know, if you haven't uh, heard of him or, or checked him out, he has a podcast as well. Mm-hmm. He, uh, the Building a Story Brand book uh, is you know, a fantastic book. And so I've really used it um, in the development of marketing materials a lot of the times. Um, but also uh, just in terms of telling our client's story and trying to help convey that in a, in a clear fashion. And so one of the recent examples I used was um, around sewer rehabilitation. Um, you know, a lot of the utilities uh, represented even on this call deal with wet weather issues. They deal with a lot of aging infrastructure. And so, you know, how do you tell a story about that, right? It's, it's kind of a hard one. Um, but if you're talking to a utility, uh, you know, that utility, they want a sewer system that's free from overflows into people's homes and into the environment, right? And the problem that they really have is that their their pipes are aging. They're broken, they're leaking, um, they're letting a lot of excess water in, and they're not very free-flowing. And so that's kind of the obvious problem. The external one sort of looks like sewer overflows, and it looks like um, blockages, it looks like lacks, lack of capacity, overflows into people's homes, uh, into water bodies, et cetera. Um, but internally, for people who work in that space, um, you feel a bit incompetent, right? You feel a bit embarrassed and ashamed. Um, you don't want to deal with all the calls that are coming from the community and the elected leaders when things do go wrong because you take pride in the work that you do, right? And you know, philosophically, you don't believe your customers should be paying um, paying for a system that doesn't handle what it's supposed to do, right? They shouldn't be paying their utility bill and then having sewage leaving the system um, when they flush. That's, that's not good. So you don't believe that that's, um, that that's a problem that should exist. Um, and fortunately, there are lots of guides out there. There are a lot of people that can help. Um, and you know they also understand um, that no one should be ashamed when you're working so hard and diligently to help in your communities. And you know most of those guides, whether they're consultants or other uh, utility actors or leaders, um, they've worked with many agencies and they know how to plan and implement and monitor these programs to assess aging infrastructure, right? And so they can give you a plan, a plan that involves, you know, collecting data, uh, determining standard methods, uh, recommending new designs, bundling things to get things more cost effective, right? And so uh, they're going to be committed to the quality that they do. You know, you're not going to want to accept something that's halfway done or, or not done well. And so in terms of telling a story, you know, you have that character, that utility, you have that problem, aging infrastructure, you meet somebody who can help you, whether that's a consultant or another leader in the industry, and they have a plan, right? But then ultimately, you know, that plan has to call somebody to action. And uh, that action is usually in the consulting world, it, it goes something to the effect of pick us. Um, it's, it's usually that simple. It's tied up in a lot of other words, but that's essentially what you're offering. Um, in some ways, there are other ways to present that plan. It could be, hey, we'll offer you a lunch and learn on these topics. Or, hey, we put together this manual for other utilities. Can we share that with you? Uh, can we connect these two people together? Some of those are transitional type of calls to action. 
And then ultimately, like the success that we want is related to that problem, right? And so we want people who work in utilities to hold their heads high because they know they are solving good problems and not uh, overcharging their uh, customers. You want to know that you have a system that's rehabbed and it operates the way that it should. And then there's really a time um, that's given back to you to be able to address other problems within your customer's community and not just sewer overflows, right? And so, uh, again, I think that success um, can look a lot of ways, but the most important part of that success is that you're uh, able to solve the original problem you have for the, the actor or the character involved. And so again, the story model goes something, something to the effect of, you know, a character who has a problem, then meets a guide who gives them a plan and calls them to action that is either ending in success or helping them avoid a failure, right? And so the more that we can model that within the work that we do, whether that's in technical work or public communications type work, um, the better we're going to have a clear and consistent message for the customers that we are working with. So I love, Ed, that you struggled with the word selling because we don't, we don't often think about, especially utilities, like we don't think about what we're doing. And, and so for, for us, I really love that the, or for me, I really love that the story model is all about clarity. Because to me, above all else, I think that that's really why it's so important for us to use it in the work that we do, because uh, it isn't about necessarily selling something or it is about getting buy-in to uh, maybe a certain idea or a certain project, but really it's just about being extremely clear on things because we have a tendency to to not always be clear. And so that kind of helps us have a framework and how to do that. Erin, you wanted to add? Would you mind if I just made um, kind of a comment on the design of, of how we saw as the speaking um, experts, how we saw the day, the design of the day, because Absolutely. I know that we were very clear on how um, the morning sessions fit into the afternoon. I have honestly no idea how clear we made that um, to the participants. And I'm actually excited <laughs> to share it, right? Because yeah. we were all so excited about yeah. it. But what I found really interesting about the collaboration we had uh, among all of us, Tom and myself and Stephanie and Ariane and Stephen and um, Diana as well, who's not here today, but was um, of how everything flowed together. And so what Tom and I were teaching in the morning um, in terms, and this is for your listeners as well, this all flows as well, the communication skills, the attachment yeah. to purpose, keeping alignment with purpose, as we talked about earlier, the listening skills, the conflict resolution, the understanding the different components and types of stress, et cetera, et cetera. The thing I thought was cool about tying it into the storytelling was that that one thing that really has continued to resonate with me personally is you're not the hero, you're the guide. And, and I have realized how much I just live that way. Like I, that's sort of how I show up now. And it wasn't always the case, but that can become a habit. It can just become a habit. What if I am not the hero? What if I'm the guide? And you'll find that all the skills we taught in the morning fit right into that. I'm listening more. I'm connecting with someone else's purpose. I'm getting outside of my own head. I'm recognizing my stress and their stress, et cetera, et cetera. And then from there, what I think is interesting is in the story model, that not going into it with a, with a call to action in your head, right? And that's sort of what we taught is keeping things open-ended. If you show up as the guide and you show up listening for all the possible solutions, at the end of it, you might not say, hire us as your consultant. You might say, there's another solution that's actually better, and I'm going to tell them what that is, right? And leaving that call to action until 
all, you've really, really heard all the opportunities. And so that was like the really fun part of the collaboration is how all the pieces made so much sense together. So I just wanted to throw that out there because um, I don't know, I don't, I'm not sure if we made that clear. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That was the, uh, you yeah. just got a peek behind the curtain, yeah. I guess, and <laughs> how we were all hoping that that would turn out. Um, so anyone else have anything on storytelling that they want to share or maybe, oh, that's what they meant by helping kind of Steven walk through how he does that in a real life situation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we'll try in it. And for sure, if you guys ever want to play with that more, if you have questions about it, you know, Aaron and Tom were very kind in extending hey, ask us questions yeah. about anything that we talked about. We're exactly the same in that. If you want help with that, Stephen has put it to work in his work. And so he may not have raised his hand, but I'm volunteering <laughs> him as well to answer any questions or to help any of you. So, because um, it really yeah. does, it really helps to talk through it with someone else and um, kind of just see like, is this, does this sound right? Is this clear? because that's really what it's a framework for and so any of us would be happy to to chat about that if you decide to be brave and go down the story road so before we get into the lightning round i did want to give um aaron tom steven and christy an opportunity to say what your favorite takeaways as planners and facilitators was with meeting this i have to say like this was one of my favorite we've presented so many times to so many different audiences across the country. And I have to say Hands that down. this was by far one of our favorites because you guys were amazing. Like all of you, I know that all 250, some of you are not here, but just as representation of the group, you guys were so engaged. You guys were just hands raised at, at the turn, at all the yeah. turns to, to answer questions and to be involved in the show up. And um, that's just, that's exciting when you're uh, a speaker or a presenter or facilitator is to have that engagement. It just, it just fuels why we yeah. do it. And so I want to thank you and an extension of the larger group that you're representing today, but just thank you for doing that. And I hope that you guys always show up that way because it was amazing. Yeah. And just to add um, to that, like I have no fear of how the next 20, 30 years of our career and our <laughs> life as water utility um, professionals go like you guys are awesome you are the now and and when we do get our own gray hairs um you know it's <laughs> gonna be so. awesome it's, it's gonna be night and day difference um we're gonna we're all gonna be in our fields we're all gonna be you know <laughs> just talking about our purpose still and I'm super excited about about that part of it so yeah yeah the world is run by those yeah. who show up. There you go. No um, all right. So Tom, I'm going to start with you, Tom Kunins. What was your favorite takeaway as a facilitator from this? Uh, I'm going to go back to actually the creation of the, the event when we as facilitators were pulling it together rather than the event itself. And uh, a thing that, that I noticed pretty quickly was how much uh, tradition um, can, can become um, uh, like a, a cast in place and how hard it is to change. Uh, so I give a lot of cre credit to Christy Steiner who had the courage to say, we want to do something different. Yeah. We want to approach this different. And knowing that it's up against uh, the barrier of, but we've always done it this way. This is the way that you run a summit because this is the way we've always run the summit. 
And it took a lot of courage on, on her part and some of the other leaders to, to, um, to undo that kind of stuck in place and to take the risk and to trust and to trust that, that, uh, that we were building on, on a, a good path forward and pulling together, you know, that team and the things that we taught in that session were the things that were needed even to pull this together as facilitators. Yeah. Okay. Coming at it with purpose and having those positive communications, taking a pause, listening to the others, all of those things we taught were necessary in order to actually pull together the team to make this uh, uh, presentation that we gave even work. Absolutely. That was perfect volley over to you, Christy. What was your favorite takeaway from the event? Oh man, it's hard to pick a favorite. Um, but I, I loved seeing all of the speakers and facilitators come together because I know there were at times a lot of scattered thoughts and just the way it got pulled together that final day. And then to see all of the smiling faces in the audience and the cell phones down um, mm. and people just totally showing up, like that made my life. Because <laughs> I, yes, it was just, it was amazing, all of it together and being able to stand back there with the other people that, you know, really put a lot of effort into it was amazing. Awesome. Steven. Yeah. Um, I probably will never have another opportunity in my life to do a sketch written by somebody who teaches <laughs> at Second City. So I feel like probably not. Uh, Tom's <laughs> sketch that Stephanie and I did uh, was pretty amazing. There was a lot of work that went into memorizing that. And uh, even the day of, uh, you know, her and I, we, had, we hadn't missed lines in weeks and we were flubbing in front of Tom and and Tom's oh, like, God, well, I could, I could throw you a line. And, and I was determined <laughs> not to fall into that. Uh, yeah, nope. I wasn't going there. Um, and then just the way that that uh, Hummel figurine got thrown at me and shattered into about <laughs> 60,000 pieces. Um, and to see the audience's reactions, even throughout our skit, um, that was not something that we had expected, you know, that there would be laughing or that there would be um, audible gasps or anything like that. And um, I think I think people afterwards thought I was this huge misogynistic jerk, um, just <laughs> based on on the that's some great yeah, writing the right betrayal. there. <laughs> so uh, nobody wanted to talk to me for at least half the day until they maybe figured out I wasn't quite that guy. So uh, I won't I won't forget that. That was amazing. So I'm grateful to Tom for doing that with us. I always wanted to take an audience's breath away. I didn't know it was going to be by pulverizing a ceramic in yeah okay Aaron <laughs> I just want you to know the other Hummel is safe and sound on my shelf <laughs> Tom handed it to me I'm keeping it safe nice. Nice. <laughs> um I have a, a, a couple of things um one is I love the stories afterwards mm -hmm. my favorite takeaway is always everyone else's takeaway um, my, I, I, we put, we put together as, as everyone has said, we put our heart and souls into putting the program together. Everyone who showed up co-created the event with us on the day. Everyone showed up, as you said, Stephanie, and what happens in that moment is a Genesis. And for me, then that's great. What I care about is where all those ripples go after everyone leaves the room. And so that's really my favorite part. And that's why, you know, I'm like teary right now, listening to all your stories. Um, but in particular, um, the leadership we were teaching there, I will tell you 100% in anticipation of something like a global pandemic. And I can just say for myself, 
and I'm sure many of you feel the same. We we know this stuff is coming. This is the way the world is now. It's not predictable. It's not, you know, we have to be resilient, et cetera. So quite seriously, it's not an accident. We go deep on what we teach because we know this is what you as current leaders, Chelsea, thank you. <laughs> this is what you have to deal with. This is the world you have inherited. And so that is important to me. And I know I feel good knowing that you walked out of that room, maybe to never have another event like that anytime soon, but with a whole bunch of skills um, to go forward. So that was really um, important um, you know, for me and how I stay aligned with my purpose as well. Um, and I just love, you know, everyone's talking about really understanding stress so much better. That means a lot to me. <laughs> understanding that there's a physical component to work with, emotional component, the thinking component, that will serve you well. And so I'm really excited to hear so many comments today about people being curious about that and just keeping curiosity up. Um, and then just, you know, honestly, please keep talking to those of us who are older about what to expect um, in the next 10, 20 years, uh, because this is a crazy world and you know what's going to happen more than we do in terms of being young professionals. You can see things we can't TikTok, see. TikTok, for example. So, um, Didn't know I that was coming. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you. <laughs> um, I want to oh, add God. real quick. Um, I was super proud of everyone who immediately raised their hand when Tom was like, I need six volunteers. And they, there was more than six hands that came up both times. I just couldn't believe that for someone who is um, more naturally uh, sit on my hands type of person and not interact with people like that in a group setting, um, I would have been like this in the background, like sneaking out the back door. And I was really proud to see um, a lot of people just, yeah, I want to get up there and I want to talk about what I just experienced. That was super cool. And another thing I wanted to add was I just hope that, um, so like dancing is kind of my passion and joy in life, but I never like, I love, I love to express myself through dancing. Um, Let's use dancing with air quotes yeah, though. My, yeah, my way of dancing, but that my yeah. way of dancing was not, um, my way of dancing is a don't give a shit type of dance anymore. Like <laughs> if I can just say that, like, and so it was super fun to get to kind of just have fun like that and throw caution to the wind and share just, I got to share myself with you and be vulnerable in that way. Um, and I think, I hope I inspired people not necessarily to dance like me, but to feel <laughs> like um, they can let their hair down and take that kind of mentality through their work, through their home life, um, just have fun and dance through it and, and not take everything so seriously all the time, not take themselves so seriously. So as the spirit moves, as you, the spirit you moves you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think it's super important for your podcast listeners to know that if they go to the hashtag water <laughs> summit on Twitter, they will find a video Ooh, of you wow. dancing. Thanks. To wow. Truly. So you're welcome for that. Wow. Oh boy. Yeah. We're still figuring out TikTok, but we will. And there will be epic duo duets on I, there as soon as we figure yeah, that out. So, so nope, we're not going to go down nope. that path. Okay. <laughs> we're going to go in Christy. the, yeah, Christy. I just want to add one more thing because Arianne, you're totally right. It wasn't just you, but it was all of the speakers that really like shared parts of your personal self on the stage in front of everyone. And I think that was one of the things that really made it easy for the people in the audience to engage mm -hmm. and learn and be comfortable with that. So thank you guys a lot. Wow, it was fun. Oh, anytime, anytime. So we're going to go into the lightning round. And this is, we're going to try to literally make this lightning since there's so many of us. So 
Don't overthink it. Try to use as few words as possible. We're going to round robin this. And I think in this very first one, I'm going to include everyone because I think all of us are probably seeing or looking to different things that we're using to inspire us these days. So what's the most inspiring thing that you've seen or read recently? And I'm going to start with Saparna. Um, so I read this somewhere. I don't know where this is from. It says, you overestimate what you can do in a day, but underestimate what you can do in a lifetime. And it has ah, really stuck with me. So that. yes, this is the best I've read in recent times. Nice. Nice. Chelsea. Um, I saw a meme and I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was talking about how we always say we're too busy for God and too busy to pray and too busy to read a revival and spend time with him. And then all of a sudden the whole world shut down and we can't watch sports and we can't do anything else. Um, so that's probably a good thing to do. So I thought that was cool. I thought, I thought you were going to talk about the Tiger King. Oh, and their Tiger King memes. You should go look at them. <laughs> oh my God. Christy. Um, so I've been following this person dog on Instagram called thoughts of dog. And it really brings <laughs> it back to like the simplicity of life. Um, one of the most recent okay. ones says, I decided that today, period, is bring your human to work day, period. We stared out the window for hours. They helped me spot the cars. It was magical. So don't, <laughs> it was like, don't lose sight of the simple things and how much they mean to the people around you and your pets. Aww. Tom Woodcock. Uh, it's a quote on a park bench near my house that I've been going by. Uh, it's a quote from Bob Marley. The greatness of a man or woman is not in how much wealth they acquire, but in their integrity and ability to affect those around them positively. Love that that's on a park bench. That's amazing. Yeah, that's in Canada, of course. So. Get a picture of that <laughs> next time and we'll share. I know. We need one of those. Ed. Uh, I guess I've read numerous accounts of how people are helping each other out. One that really stuck with me was an elderly couple or posted that their neighbor was dropping off groceries for them at their front door mm. um, and it's really mm. great with all the terrible news going around that to see people come together to help each other out too yeah for sure that's awesome valetta um I think most recently being uh, this very podcast, I never thought I'd be on a podcast. So look where the YP Summit has got me. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Aww. Awesome. Well, we're glad we could yeah. be your first podcast. <laughs> Stephanie. Um, for me, there's always a quote that comes back to me that someone I used to work with had hanging up in their office. And I think it was a quote from Henry Ford that said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Mm. So it's all about mm. having that positive mindset. Love it. Steven. Um, I've been listening to another podcast, uh, Brene Brown's uh, Unlocking Us, and it is uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, can't say enough about it. It's amazing. She's amazing. Nice. She is amazing. Tom? Tom Coonan you <laughs> oh yes um actually so i just read uh the other day it was a new york times um story about the failures uh, in our government to uh, anticipate and to react to this crisis and uh the things that i'm reading about 
these are people that in every way, if just taken in isolation, you'd say, well, you know, I could understand the actions that they took and why they did that. But taken together, realize that one thing added to another to another, which created this big failure. So it was more inspiring to me. I know that sounds really negative, but the positive coming of that, right, was the inspiring to say, well, we do have the ability and the power to, to dig more, to step up, to be bigger, um, so that we don't always push it off somewhere else and say, well, that's somebody else's problem, that's somebody else's responsibility. But it's kind of inspiring to say, I do have that, that ability and that power, whether it's as big as you know, the country or as something maybe as small as our own organization. Yeah. Aaron. This is going to sound like a sentimental softball, but I'm really inspired nope. by, by reconnecting with all of you here today. I just has given me such a great boost and remembering everything we started a month ago. It's, it's what I needed. <laughs> it is good for the soul. Um, and I ended with you because this next, que this next question was inspired by you because uh, we had three questions in our lightning round. We're actually going to have more in the future, but uh, we stopped asking our original second question in the lightning round because Erin was like, actually, I don't like that question. <laughs> but she said it in a much kinder, more positive way. And you're like, this is true. This is a much more meaningful question. So Ariane, I'm going to let you ask this one. Okay, so when you go to bed at night and you're crawling into bed and you're like, mm, today was a good day. I want you to tell me about that day. Describe that day. What does it look like for you? Why was it a good Why day? Why was it a good day? Um, you get to pick who oh. goes. Oh, who looks like the most, like they got this. Uh, oh, Valletta. <laughs> Everyone else's eyes were averting me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I smiled because I was like, oh God, I hope she doesn't pick me. <laughs> um, I think a good day is... Um, like if I start my day with taking care of myself, like if I go for a run or um, if I meditate in mm. the morning, that itself is a good day. And uh, I think two big things for me is, uh, uh, did I get most of my work done? And did I help someone else do their work? Mm. See, Erin, I love this yeah. question so much more. Yeah, Saparna. Yeah, I mean, um, to me, a good day is when you know, we, we all are in the middle of so many, you know, decision making and a lot of things. You're driving a lot of work. Um, there are times when, you know, Erin and Tom discussed uh, communication is not always that easy, but then breaking it into parts and handling those things which seem scary um, may turn out to be easy. So a good day for me is when I'm able to communicate all my objectives well and not being the bottleneck, like Valletta said, and getting things done. So that is a good day for me. Stephanie, let's hear yours. Um, so for me personally, a good day usually includes going for a walk and getting some fresh air and spending time you know, with family or friends. But what's really important to me is making sure that I'm contributing to someone else's day, making their day good or easier in some way. Uh, so that that gets me up in the morning. <laughs> Love that. Nice. You're hired. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, how yeah. about Ed? Uh, today actually is a pretty good day. Doing stuff like this, I think, is great. Getting to connect yeah. with people is a really big part of my day. I know it's a little bit tougher lately, obviously for obvious reasons, but. Um, I think there's a really important thing to do to 
keep furthering our connections. And I was really inspired by everybody that I met at the summit. So getting to actually see a lot of you guys again has been great. And thank you for putting this together and for what you guys did at the summit thank as well. Hmm, sweet. Thank you. What about you, Tom? Uh, great day for me is what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm commissioning a new Headworks facility at a wastewater plant, but I'm doing it remotely with one site guy. Sweet. Yeah. So that's nice. kind of like what I do, control <laughs> sensitivity. Nice. That's kind of my, my thing is I, I'm like, I'm now the guy that turns the switch on and gets the whole plant running. So for me, those, those are the days I, I enjoy most. Uh, Love it. In the industries. You know, you've worked on a, a project for multiple years at times and then finally getting to flip the switch and get everything running and, you know, you're finally providing that service, the final service to, to you know, the community that, that's invested all this money in, in the project is, uh, it's a really rewarding part. It's the most rewarding part of the job for me. That's awesome. Is it like a, this kind of switch, a, this kind of switch, or a, this kind of switch? <laughs> Uh, it's more like a this kind of switch. Uh, like it still counts. All, all, digi We're all digital. We're going to have to graphic put those out on. Oh, uh, yeah. Is it a light oh, switch? Of switch. That yeah. would be the Jurassic <laughs> Park switch. <laughs> <laughs> the Titanic. Sorry. Yeah. We went down a rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> you guys haven't done the hype Um, Because Christy stole it. Christy stole it. Christy <laughs> stole, literally stole it. And it is not possibly the only one. And I did not steal it. It got left in the room and I saved it from the <laughs> trash can. Okay. Well, she saved it and then won't return it. Okay, so, okay. hostage. Hey. There we I'm go. The right button. <laughs> <laughs> it's not well, an essential thing on so I Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> right. Chelsea, um, what's your best day look like? So, I took this question differently than you asked it. Uh, no, the best it. day is like at a music festival with thousands of other people just like rocking out, okay. which yes. tells me I really thrive on other people. So any day with just people around, not you, social distancing, preferably. Oh yeah. You did not take it the wrong way. You took it your yeah. way. And that's what I wanted yeah, to hear. There so there's go. no wrong answer. So let's see, uh, Steven, since you didn't get to answer this question on your podcast interview with us. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Good day for me is, um, when I can stretch myself a little bit. And some days uh, that stretch myself looks like maybe just a, an inch more of kindness. Some days maybe it's, uh, you know, telling somebody how much I appreciate them. Some days it's just being quiet. So <laughs> I think whatever that, whatever is called for in that day to stretch it just a little further, um, that's when I know it's been a good day. Mm, nice. And Christy, what's, uh, what's your best day look like? Hanging out with the hype button? Uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Um, I think my best days are when I get to split my days, um, being outside yeah. and just getting fresh air and also just being able to connect with people, um, whether it's my fiance or family that we've actually talked a lot more to since the social distancing came about because the FaceTimes are FaceTimes and virtual happy hours have Saved us all. happened a lot more. Really ramped yeah. up. And that's actually been like a big boost in the days. So yeah, connecting with people and being outside and being productive. Okay. All right. So last question, and we're going to make this one. Uh, if you can get it in one word, cool. If not, then that's fine too. Like but one let to me three kinda, words. 
one to three words. Yeah, one word would be pretty hard. So, um, so in our line of work, Ariane and I used to be public educators for utilities before we went rogue a few years ago. And, you, you know, our whole job was about behavior change. And sometimes people would say to us, well, what difference does it make if I make a change? I'm just one person. That's not going to make a difference. And we obviously disagree with that because your change can be contagious and you never know what you're going to inspire in someone else. So what is the one call to action that you're each passionate about that you believe could ultimately change the world? It's a very small question. <laughs> All in right. One to three I'm going to in one to three words. <laughs> um, Tom, you look like you're ready. <laughs> Tom Woodcock. Oh, okay. sorry, I forgot those uh, two tones. I'm gonna, sorry, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna stick up with. I'm gonna go with four, but they're short. Yes. Uh, and stick with the Bob Marley. Ooh. Get up, stand yeah. up. Oh stand yeah. Up. Ooh, I think I'm gonna make everyone only do four words now. Okay, uh, Stephanie. Kindness and empathy. Ah, oh, love it. Nice. Valletta. Nikes, just do it because it's. <laughs> personally <laughs> I like that nice Ed uh, inspire each other sorry there you go well I had like a, a longer few more. Answer, oh that's, that's great we can come back you can say it you yeah, say just it. say a longer answer it's fine all right well the biggest thing I took away from the conference was being inspired by everybody there by how much everyone was able to do in their own time and their commitment and that really inspired me so I guess mine would be inspire the next generation yeah inspire and be inspired love it Saparna um I'll just stick to one word volunteerism I think all right Ooh. Chelsea felt so like get up stand up yeah empower others there you go and Christy. Be unapologetically passionate. Oh, there you go. Every day. Well, I didn't apologize for my dance moves. <laughs> well, I know we went way over, so I appreciate you yeah. guys uh, hanging out with us and taking this time. We're so excited to spend this time with you. Um, you guys can all unmute yourselves now and just like tell Water Nerd family out there, all of us kind of going through the same thing, just tell everybody bye and we'll talk to you hopefully see you sooner rather than later even if that means in 2021 hey i'm down for it so thank you so much bye 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 thank you bye 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 I know. Well, I I sleep with it. <laughs> I appreciate you guys so much, guys and gals, so much for um, going a little over with us and, and spending this time with us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Never miss out on future episodes by signing up for the Water Nerd newsletter. Found at the h2duo.com forward slash newsletter. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore h2duo. We share all of our new episodes there as well as in the newsletter. So whether we come across your feed or in your inbox, be sure to share episodes with your friends, family, colleagues, fellow water nerds. Help us spread the word. We hope you learned something new today, got a little inspired, or did something that brought you one step closer to your goal. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, 
Those who tell the stories rule the world.